0: Here we go, middle of the week of the show covering everything across the Southeast. My name is John Rawl. I am the general of all things Southern, and it's great to be back with you as we've got a very busy but fun three hours to get through as we discuss what's going on across the Southeast today. Your calls and texts are welcome. Our number is 803-816-1170. That is a number you can reach us Any old time you feel like it, whether you're catching us right now on one of the awesome radio stations that carry the y'all show each and every day, or if you're catching us in one of the podcast options that's available, appreciate you. And again, that number to connect to us is 803-816-1170. Those podcast options, by the way, we'll go ahead and remind you what they are, Spotify. Spotify. We're on the Apple Podcast. We're on Stitcher. We're on, and i got to double-check this because I noticed the last time my phone updated, this app has dropped the radio portion of its app name. We're on the iHeart app. Not iHeart Radio anymore. It's the iHeart app. So check all that. We're also on the TuneIn Radio app, all in your app stores. And you can search for Y'all Show, and we're sitting right there, a free download just for you. So check it out when you get a chance. Coming up on today's Y'all Show, we've got a look at news headlines from across the Southeast. And sadly, the COVID-19 numbers continue to climb, and they're climbing so much that several portions of the country, several portions of the South are now looking at options and terms of what to do with so many dead bodies, as there's something called mobile morgues that funeral homes are going to be relying on as the highly contagious Delta variant continues to kill so many people. And I'll share that sad and just disturbing news in a second and also bring you up to speed on the latest COVID-19 death counts across the Southeast. That's coming up. By the way, our national death toll from COVID-19, sits right at 650,000 Americans. More on COVID coming up. The governor of Texas on Tuesday, Governor Abbott, signed into law the new Republican voting restrictions. We'll get you an update from Austin on that. President Joe Biden this weekend will mark the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. President Biden is going to be visiting all three 9-11 sites. He'll be in New York, he'll be in Pennsylvania, and he'll be at the Pentagon. President Biden's wife's in the news. She's going back to work. We'll tell you what she's going to be doing and where she's going to be doing it in just a few minutes. Also, we have an update on Hurricane Ida as it came ashore in Louisiana early last week. The state of Louisiana has increased the death toll from Ida to 15, and I'll let you know where those latest numbers are coming from. If you're going to be on the coast of the Carolinas and or Virginia or anywhere in the northeast in the next few days and you're going to try to hit the beach, be very careful of rip currents. Hurricane Larry is churning out in the Atlantic. We'll bring you some news on that today in our headlines as we work ourselves across the state's headlines. Also, a guy that took turtles out of Alabama and tried to smuggle them out of the country, well, he's just avoided going to prison, but he's going to be in a whole lot of turtle soup, if you will. We'll explain and we'll go through that here on today's Y'all Show. Plus, if you've ever gone down to Savannah and you decided you might want to go on over to the beach, Tybee Island is your best bet while you're in Savannah, Georgia. And if you like going to Tybee and you like to uh, do a little token good news. The city council on Tybee has recently approved an ordinance that imposes just a civil fine for possession of an ounce or less of marijuana. I'll let you know the amount. I'll let you know how Tybee Island, Georgia evidently has gone to pot. We'll have all that. Plus, we'll let you know in our headlines across the southeast today about how a 75-year-old man hit a hole-in-one on Hilton Head Island. And that is not just the feel-good part of this story. It's always great to hit a hole-in-one, your first hole-in-one. But how about hitting a hole-in-one when you're essentially blind? And that's exactly what happened in South Carolina the last couple of days. How about that story? We'll let you know about that. And if that's not a feel-good, warm story for you, how about the Memphis Tigers and the University of Memphis They've come to help the opponent that faced off at Liberty Bowl on Saturday night. That opponent was out of Thibodeau, Louisiana, Nichols State University. The Colonels came up for a game on Saturday, and you're not going to believe what Coach Ryan Silverfield and the rest of the Memphis Tiger and their athletic department and just Tiger fans in general did to help out the Nichols State University Colonels. What a feel-good story. With this campus in Thibodeau being devastated by, and that whole area by Hurricane Ida, we've got a story right out of Tiger Town, Memphis, Tennessee. We'll be sharing today, and it'll make you feel like a good southerner when we tell you that story. That's coming up on the headlines of today's Y'all Show. We also have scheduled for today's Y'all Show updates on the sports world. And we're going to let you know about a decision the New Orleans Saints made on Tuesday that's going to affect their backfield. Latavius Murray, no longer part of the New Orleans Saints, and he's been a very good running back for Sean Payton's team. They decided to let him go his own way on Tuesday. We'll explain that, plus some college basketball news. This guy is technically still in high school, but the Big Blue Nation is smiling big because Coach Cal has landed – a top-ranked prospect for his class of 2022. So some college basketball news we'll be sharing with you. We also have the latest college football polls. We've got both the coaches and the AP Top 25 that we'll be comparing notes on. A big weekend on Rocky Top this weekend. It'll be the Johnny Majors Classic, featuring the two schools he used to coach, the Pitt Panthers and the Tennessee Vols, and another Pit coach, this guy is a former Crimson Tide football player, turned Mississippi State and Texas A&M coach and Pit coach. Jackie Sherrill is going to serve as an honorary captain for the Johnny Majors Classic going on in Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend. All that news coming up in our Sports Blast today, plus we'll let you know about some Major League Baseball goings on, including one member of the Cleveland Indians having to go into surgery. And this guy is not necessarily a player. How in the world did that happen? I'll explain in our sports update today. Also, sports-wise today, we have our first ACC update of the fall. And you're going to hear from the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, Mike Norvell. His garnet and goal put up a gallant fight against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and the Knowles lost at home in overtime We'll explain, we'll, we'll have Coach Norvell explain the decision making of why they went for it on a crucial fourth down late in the game, and it didn't work out for FSU. We'll have that plus some news out of Clemson. We'll also let you know some of the great honors that have come to ACC players for their performances in week number one. That's part of our ACC update. That's coming up a little bit later here in the first hour. Also, before hour one is in the books, we'll have Melissa Rhodes. She'll be stopping by. Melissa's got a Southern accent on the culture of the South. That's all here, hour one. Hour two of this Y'all Show Wednesday edition. We've got additional headlines and sports to get to, hour two. But then we're going to go to the CEO of the Southern Company, Thomas Fanning, he was recently interviewed and was part of a panel on cybersecurity, and he is talking about the grid. Of course, Southern Company has Georgia Power, Alabama Power, Mississippi Power. They're one of the biggest power companies in the entire country. And CEO Fanning talks about cybersecurity and the grid and more as he was just on a website that interviewed him called The Cypher Brief. And we're going to play a portion of that interview as part of our Southern Business Report in hour number two. We also have hour number two, the hottest books that are currently flying off the shelves, courtesy of the New York Times bestsellers list. That's coming your way hour two. Hour three, we'll continue on with sports news. Plus, we'll have, courtesy of Realtor.com, the hottest zip codes in the country that information is just coming out what southern zip codes are hot 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 what zip codes are causing people to get rich because they're selling high and the buyers are buying high but you know what if you can buy high good on you because it means that you've done quite well and some houses are well worth the investment. Plus, you could buy a house, and it might be a little bit pricey right now, but you could turn around and sell it in a couple of months and possibly make a lot of money off of it. So it is a buyer's market. It is a—I think it's a seller's market for sure. I'm no Realtor, but I will tell you what Realtor.com has labeled as their hottest zip codes. And that's coming up as we cover the South in our number 3. So lots of stuff to get to. Why don't you say we just go ahead and start knocking out the great stories here on the show that is all about knocking out great stuff about the southeast. We are y'all talk with a accent on the south. And we start off our headlines with that tragic news of so many people dying from COVID-19 here lately that funeral homes across the region are going to start relying on what's called mobile mobile morgues as a body count and the death count rises. Morgues are struggling to manage funerals as the Delta variant is spreading. And I know one funeral home in southwest Georgia has had to resort to using what's the, these things called, these mob, mobile morgues. Albany County, the Georgia city there, the coroner is Michael Fowler. And he says they're planning before another storm of the virus arrives to have these mobile morgues. In an interview with Fox, he said it hit our community, I always say, like a wildfire. It just went through our community. You can get up on higher ground for a flood, get into shelter for a tornado, but for a pandemic that you cannot see, it was different for the community. And these mobile morgues setting up is just a horrible, horrible thing to think of. One owner of a funeral home in Georgia is Eddie Cobb of Promised Land Funeral Home, and he's seeing more and more people die of the Delta variant, saying it's a sad moment when someone passes from COVID. Someone dies basically from a handshake or entering a room with someone that possibly has COVID. These mobile morgues, unfortunately, are spreading across the South, and morgues filling up in places like Mobile, Alabama. A funeral director in that city, C.J. Small, said the number of funerals have doubled in the city of Mobile in recent days. Horrible, horrible news. Now, let me bring you up to date on COVID-19 and its death toll on the southeast. Right now, currently, we've had right at 650,000 Americans die from COVID-19. We've had over 40 million cases in the country. 650,000 souls have died. That's almost, if not right around the same number of Americans that died fighting in World War II. This thing is out of control. It is out of control. Now let's talk about each one of our southern states. Alabama has had over 12,000 deaths from COVID-19. 12,420 is the exact count. The state of Arkansas From COVID 19 deaths, they've just surpassed 7,000. 7,070, the exact count in the natural state. In the sunshine state, where they've seen over 3 million cases, 46,324 Floridians have passed away from COVID 19. Now to Georgia. Georgia has had just over 22,000 deaths from COVID 19. In the southern state of Kentucky, the bluegrass state has seen 7,910 deaths from COVID 19. Now, to Louisiana, which has been hit really hard, and now Hurricane Ida's come through. The state of Louisiana has seen just, it's right at 13,000 deaths. Almost 12,800 have died in the state of Louisiana from COVID 19. And the state of Maryland, Maryland has now gone over 10,000 deaths. 10,094 people have died from the state of Maryland from COVID-19. In the state of Mississippi, Mississippi, which is far smaller than states like Maryland, Mississippi is nearly nine nine thousand eight thousand six hundred and eighty-five at last count in the Magnolia State. Those people have died from COVID-19. The show me state of Missouri 11,350 COVID-19 deaths. In the state of North Carolina, just shy of 15,000. In North Carolina, 14,848 people have died since the pandemic began. In the Sooner state of Oklahoma, they've just crossed over, sadly, the 8,000 number. 8,001 deaths attributed to COVID-19 in the state of Oklahoma, now to the state of South Carolina, and the Palmetto State has had 10,972 deaths. And the very first death in South Carolina, the first person recorded as a death from COVID-19 built my parents' house back in 1970. And this gentleman lived until he was somewhere around 90 years old, but he was the first person to die in South Carolina. And that seems a million years ago, and it's almost a million deaths ago of all the people across the country. South Carolina is nearly at 11,000, with 10,972 COVID-19 deaths. To the volunteer state of Tennessee, Tennessee has now eclipsed 13,000. Tennessee has had 13,522 people die from COVID-19. In the state of Texas, the Lone Star State has seen 58,658 people pass away from COVID-19. And our final two southern states in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Virginia has had 11,947 deaths from COVID-19. And the mountain state of West Virginia, 3,151 COVID-19 deaths. Again, nationwide, we're right at 650,000 deaths since this thing, unfortunately, arrived in the early spring of 2020. And it won't be long, and I hate to say it, before we're eclipsing perhaps a million deaths from COVID-19. Our thoughts to everybody who's had to suffer and die, our our prayers for those souls, our prayers to those who've had this thing, the families who've had to grieve, just, oh, just awful. More news headlines from across the Southeast. On Tuesday, Greg Abbott signed into law voting changes. I won't call it restrictions, just changes. And he actually signed these changes that the Republican legislature in Texas has now passed and put on his desk. He signed this new law for voting in the rose capital of America, in Tyler, as he was there in this East Texas city on Tuesday, in this county where President Trump won by more than 2 to 1 welcomed the governor in and there the bill was signed and this bill is definitely a more conservative approach to voting president the rather president biden's already come out saying things about this the democrats are being galvanized but this latest move comes after the supreme court us supreme court has solidified a Texas law in terms of abortions. And now this Tuesday, in Tyler, Greg Abbott signs this Republican voting restriction deal into law. And you can go and look at the fine print, if you'd like, on what this bill is all about. But a lot of it has to do with male voting and making it a little bit harder to have male voting be part of the equation go forward. Texas is among at least 18 states that have enacted new voting restrictions since the November election and the laws are part of a national Republican campaign that's seeing states like Texas, Florida, Georgia, Arizona tighten voting laws in the name of security partly driven by claims that the election was stolen. And therefore, Texas, which is at least their state legislature, dominated by Republicans, have now passed this and it is in the books on the record in the state of Texas, whether you're in Tyler or you're in Austin. Now, the NAACP president, Derek Johnson, has issued a statement saying black votes were suppressed today. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has intentionally signed away democracy for so many. We are disgusted see this is what i don't get they can say that but i don't understand where that's coming from now i haven't looked at every single part of this particular bill but actually the same stuff was said about georgia's election laws and georgia is an easier state to vote in than delaware joe biden's state or colorado where they moved the all-star game some of this is just nonsense coming out of some of these people but without having read every page of this new bill, there may be some truth to what this NAACP president is saying about Texas and its new law, now on the books signed by Greg Abbott and Tyler on Tuesday. President Joe Biden will be marking the 20th anniversary of the September 11, 2001 attacks, and he's marking that anniversary, the solemn 20th anniversary, by visiting the three sites that are forever connected to September eleventh, two 2001. The President and First Lady Jill Biden will be in New York City where they'll attend what was Ground Zero there. Also, they'll be visiting Shanksville, Pennsylvania, where the plane crashed there. And they'll be visiting the Pentagon. Vice President Kamala Harris and Doug Emhoff, her husband, Also, we'll be visiting Shanksville for a separate event, joining before the Bidens at the uh, Pentagon there. And so that's happening here as we get closer to the 20th anniversary on Saturday. And that's where President Biden, on that one day Saturday on September 11th, 2021, 20 years later, he'll be scooting across the country going to these three different sites to remember the 20th anniversary of the deadly 9-11 strike. Upon the country. Speaking of President Jill Biden's wife, or President Joe Biden, <laughs> President Jill Biden, hey, she could be the president, maybe. Maybe she is the president. We just don't know it. Pre- uh, the president's wife, Jill Biden, the first lady, did you hear she's got a new job? She's adding more duties to her schedule, and those duties actually come with a little bit of a paycheck. And she is going back into the classroom after months of teaching writing and English to community college students in boxes on a computer screen. The first lady has resumed teaching in person. She started Tuesday at a classroom at Northern Virginia Community College, a place she's worked since 2009. And Jill Biden is the first first lady to leave the White House to go work at a full-time job. I'm surprised there haven't been others in the past mainly because it gives them something completely different to do and get out of that darn big place to live. And who wouldn't want to cross that bridge, cross the Potomac, and go over to lovely Northern Virginia and work at a community college? Well, that's what Jill Biden's now doing. The first lady anxious to see her students in person after more than a year of virtual teaching brought on by COVID-19. The first lady is kind of a big deal there at the college. So yeah, congratulations to her. Maybe she won't go so crazy, star crazy if you will, being trapped inside the White House, trapped inside a computer screen teaching her students there at Northern Virginia Community College, NVCC. And a good story to pass along here on today's Y'all Show. Real quickly, let me wrap up this first hour of news items the state of Louisiana has added two more deaths to the death toll from Hurricane Ida. As on Tuesday, the Louisiana Department of Health confirming two additional deaths. The department says the St. Tammany Parish coroner confirmed two deaths in the parish that are considered storm related. The first, a 68-year-old man who fell from a roof while making repairs caused by Hurricane Ida. The second death, a 71-year-old man who died of a lack of oxygen during an extended power outage. And now, with those two additional deaths in the Pelican State, the Louisiana Department of Health has changed the death toll from Hurricane Ida, and that death toll now stands at 15. Coming up later in the show, I'm going to tell you about Hurricane Larry. Now, this does it It looked like pose a direct threat to the southeast coast or even the American coast. But there is a threat this week of dangerous rip currents, and I'll tell you where and what you can do to avoid that as we roll on with more of today's Y'all Show. When we come back after this break, we've got a quick look at some southern sports news going on on this Tuesday. We've got a little bit of college basketball news to pass along coming from Big Blue Nation. Also, some news out of the New Orleans Saints. What's going on in the big easy? I'll have all that in our Southern Sports Update, and it's coming up next. catchy little tune there and a catchy little tune that will put you in a happy mood and if you're not in a happy mood you ought to be because we're on the eve of the start of the new nfl season hello we're back on y'all talk with an accent on all things southern my name is john Rawl, and here is a little southern sports news that we're gonna be passing along and we'll take you to new orleans where the saints on tuesday released veteran running back Latavius Murray. Now, get this. The 31-year-old was supposed to be making $3.15 million in salary and bonuses this season. Well, the Saints wanted to do a little bargaining with him. They wanted him to take a reduction in pay and Latavius Murray said, I don't think so. So guess what? The Saints, due to his not willing to play ball and take a pay cut, and the fact that, let's be honest, second-year running back Tony Jones Jr. has looked really good, especially in the preseason, and Sean Payton and the Saints Thinking Trust decided to let Murray go on down the mighty Mississippi to somewhere else, and they ended up cutting him releasing him and that role of running back now goes to tony jones jr who's been in a backup role but he is now going to be carrying a lot of the a lot of the rock for the new orleans saints and now this great running back they've had latavius murray without a football team as we sit here right now something tells me he will be picked up but he didn't want to take that pay cut as he was supposed to be making $3.15 million in salary and bonuses just this season alone. And when you don't play ball, you end up getting put out there and somebody's likely going to get him sooner than later. But that the news from the Saints on Tuesday. Don't forget, Thursday, you got the NFL season kicking off. It's the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Super Bowl defending Buccaneers. This game set for a big-time start Thursday night from Tampa. Are you going to tune in? Are you going to watch this? I don't know quite what the folks out in Vegas are saying right now, but I think they've got Tampa Bay more than a touchdown favorite. This game is going to kick off on NBC at 8.20 Eastern, 7.20 Central Time from Raymond James Stadium on Thursday. And I looked at the college football schedule. There's really not much going on Thursday college football. I think college has surrendered Thursday to let the NFL get its big bang and their season going. There's going to be some college fun Friday night. We'll tell you more college stuff here in a second. Let me tell you right now about some college basketball. Y'all heard of Shaden Sharp. He is a top-ranked college basketball prospect. He's part of the high school class of 2022 and the number one prospect in the ESPN class of 2022 committed Tuesday to John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats. Sharp was looking at other schools like Arizona, Kansas, and Oklahoma State and he has decided to cast his future with the big blue nation. He becomes Kentucky's first top five commitment since Bam Adebayo back in 2016 and the first number one prospect John Calipari has recruited since Nerland Noel, That was nearly 10 years ago, back in 2012. So a big, big pickup getting Shaden Sharp to come be a part of the Kentucky Wildcats. Now this is assuming that he'll get out of high school on time and he doesn't change his mind once again, but this guy is a Canadian born shooting guard who averages over 22 points and 5.8 rebounds a game. And it looks like he's going to be hanging out in Lexington, Kentucky pretty darn soon. Shade and sharp. Good luck, youngster, and good luck with the Big Blue Nation. A Big Blue Nation, by the way, that is desperate to get back to the mountaintop of college basketball. It's been a while, Kentucky. It's been way too long for many of you. And perhaps SS Shaden Sharp is going to be a sharp shooter for UK in the future. Now to some college football news. And the rankings were released on Tuesday. The latest polls out. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Those are your top fives in both the AP and Coaches poll. I repeat, number one in both polls, Alabama. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Oklahoma. Oklahoma went down. They barely escaped with a victory against Tulane. And Texas A&M checks in at number five. Clemson has dropped all the way down to six. Now, there are some discrepancies going forward. Cincinnati checks in at 7 in the AP poll, while Notre Dame, which had to just get past FSU, they're number 7 in the coaches' poll. Notre Dame's 8 in the AP, 8 in the coaches' poll, the Bearcats. Number 9, Iowa State. Iowa State barely got past Northern Iowa. P- probably should have lost. They got a tough game as the Cyhawk series is going to be in Ames this weekend, Iowa State versus the Hawkeyes. Those same Hawkeyes, by the way, are number 10 in the latest AP Top 25. So how about the state of Iowa having the number 10 and number 9 schools in this latest AP poll? Iowa, the capital of college football. I don't think so. Florida checks in at number 9 in the coaches poll this week. Also, taking a look at the rest of the teams, and I'll just focus on the AP poll going forward. As I said, Iowa checks in at 10. 11, Penn State in the AP poll. The Oregon Ducks are 12. They got a game at the Horseshoe against the Buckeyes this weekend. Florida's at 13 in the AP poll. The Southern Cal Trojans are 14. Hook'em Horns, Texas and Arkansas this weekend. The Texans The Texas Longhorns ride into Fayetteville ranked number 15 in the land. UCLA, which was not even ranked after they destroyed LSU last week. The Bruins move up. They are number 16 in the latest AP poll. Coastal Carolina, week one, they demolished the Citadel Bulldogs out of the FCS's Southern Conference. And when you beat the Citadel, you get to move up five spots. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers are number 17 in the country. Wisconsin, which got embarrassed at home. They are in the 18 spot, dropping all the way down from 12 the previous week. Virginia Tech, they look mighty impressive in their victory over North Carolina. The Hokies check in at number 19. The Mississippi Land Sharks defeated Louisville Labor Day night, and the Sharks have moved into the top 25 of APs, top 25, and Lane Kiffin's squad is number 20 in this latest poll. Utah checks in at number 21. The Miami Hurricanes which really got embarrassed by Alabama. But, you know, Alabama's a pretty good school. Don't want to pick on Miami too much. 22 is the Hurricanes position this week. The Sun Devils check in at number 23. North Carolina, which got embarrassed inside Lane Stadium, they are number 24. And congratulations to Coach Harson and the Auburn Tigers. War Eagle to you, Auburn. Auburn moves in at number 25 in the latest college football poll. We've got more sports to talk about as we go along in today's Y'all Show. When we come back, though, we're going to keep sports going a little bit longer. We're going to have an ACC update, and you'll hear from Mike Norvell, coach of the Florida State Seminoles. And I'll also let you know about some news coming out of the Clemson's football camp. What is going on there with a certain Tiger football player? It's ACC talk, and it's coming up next as this first hour of the show about the South continues.
2: My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy
3: Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
0: back on talk with an accent on all things southern time now for a little atlantic coast conference spotlight we'll have an sec spotlight on our thursdays of the y'all show and when you go and beat north carolina in your opener and you do it on national tv you get your fight song played how about you Hokies? virginia tech in week one defeating number 10 north carolina seven 15-10, a recap of the rest of ACC's Week 1 action. NC State also impresses. They got a very big win at Carter-Finley, 45-0 over the South Florida Bulls. It wasn't so good for David Cutcliffe's Duke Blue Devils. They go to Charlotte, and they lose to the Charlotte 49ers, 31-28. Wake Forest whooped up on Old Dominion forty two to ten. Miami took it on the chin on Saturday afternoon, losing to number one Alabama, forty four to thirteen in Atlanta, and Charlotte Saturday night Georgia in a defensive showcase really from both schools. It was a Georgia pick six that ultimately led the dogs to a victory over the number three Clemson Tigers ten to three. Boston College, they really brushed Colgate's teeth 51 0. The Pitt Panthers with a absolute beatdown over the Minutemen from UMass, 51 7. Syracuse went on the road. They picked up a win against the Ohio Bobcats 29-9 and a little bit of an embarrassing result. Northern Illinois got an escape against Georgia Tech, went for two there at the end and got it. Northern Illinois with a 22-21 victory over Jeff Collins's Jackets. The Virginia Cavaliers Absolutely destroyed the William and Mary Tribe, forty-three nothing. And on Sunday, Notre Dame in a thriller. Unfortunately for the ACC, Notre Dame no longer in the conference for football. Notre Dame with the overtime, forty-one thirty-eight victory over the Florida State Seminoles. And on Labor Day night, it was Louisville falling to the Mississippi Land Sharks in Atlanta, forty-three to twenty-four. All in all, not really too good of a weekend for Week One for ACC play. We're going to hear from Mike Norvell in the second, head coach of the Seminoles, talk about his decision to go for it on a crucial fourth down late in that game. Some other news before we get to the coach. Clemson Tiger safety Landon Zanders is going to have to have season-ending shoulder injury, and that's going to cause him to miss the rest of the season as he injured his shoulder in the first quarter of Clemson's loss to Georgia and Charlotte. Now Xanders played just five snaps against the dogs before leaving the game. Coach Dabo Swinney said the junior will need surgery to repair the injuries. So we wish this young man all the best. He finished with twenty-five tackles and a sack in the twenty twenty season. Again, Clemson safety, Landon Xanders. His season, unfortunately, comes to an end. And we talked about the rankings in a the previous segment of college football. It's Slim Pickens for the ACC. Clemson checks in at number six right now, and they drop down from three after losing to the Georgia Bulldogs. The next highest ACC team would be Virginia Tech. They check in at 19 after not even being ranked. They did a great job in that victory over North Carolina. Miami drops down to 22. North Carolina barely still survives in the top 25. The Hills, number 24, in the latest. AP Top 25. Some ACC honors. Co-quarterback awards going out this week. Brendan Armstrong of Boston College and Phil Jernavec of Virginia sharing the Co-Quarterback Player of the Week awards in the ACC. The running back goes to Martred Durant of the Duke Blue Devils. Linebacker award goes to James Scalsey of the Clemson Tigers. How about NC State? One of the reasons they dominated USF was that offensive line, and that's why I am Equando is the offensive lineman from NC State this week. Virginia Tech's defensive back, Shana Mary Connor, is your defensive back player of the week in the conference, and then a rookie, a pair of rookies getting singled out for their great play week one. That includes Deuce Chestnut of Syracuse and Jasheen Davis of Wake Forest sharing the rookie honors of the ACC honors this week. Now, let's hear from Mike Norvell. If you watched the Sunday game between FSU and Notre Dame, there was a bit of a controversial decision by the coach to go for it on a fourth down. Ultimately, Florida State would fall to the Irish in overtime. Mike Norvell addressed that fourth down decision when he met with the media earlier this week. Here is Florida State's head football coach.
4: All analytics are dependent on game situations, so that goes hand in hand. But, um, you know, as you you go through, you know, the flow of a game, as you go through the the humanistic part of it, you know, that, does, that, that, plays a, plays a factor. Um, you know, I, I coach games to win games. I don't, um, that's, that's what we want to do. Um, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be smart. There's things that, uh, um, as, as we go into it, you know, I'm going to have a feel for, for, you know, how I want to attack what we want to do. Um, you know, and, and, I reevaluate every, every decision that's made throughout the course of the game to make sure that that I'm putting our guys in the best position to win. But I've got a, I've got a lot of faith in, in, in how our guys are going to play and how we're going to execute and, um, you know there was there was a situation we gave up a you know we were in a very a short field there defensively uh because of one of those decisions but um you know going back i mean we were we were we were in a in a go situation and you know we're trying to continue uh, uh you know a drive and a possession but you know at the end of the day i've got i've got the utmost faith in our in our defense if it doesn't work out that they're going to be able to get the stop and uh you know that's where we just have to continue to play that complimentary football um and and our guys understand that and they they know how how we're going to coach and uh and the way we're going to try to attack
0: and that was second year man at florida state coach norvell talking about that tough loss to notre dame on sunday as far as ACC play for this week, number two, Duke's got North Carolina A&T at Wallace Wade Stadium. That is a Friday night contest. On Saturday, Illinois visits Virginia. Pitt is going to be on Rocky Top to take on the Tennessee Vols. Kennesaw State visits Georgia Tech. Norfolk State and Wake Forest get together at Truist Field. MTSU will be in Lane Stadium to take on number 19, Virginia Tech. Rutgers and Syracuse, and kind of a flashback to the Big East days, that game taking place at the Carrier Dome on the ACC Network Saturday afternoon. B.C. will be traveling to Amherst to take on UMass. South Carolina State, the Bulldogs from Orangeburg, will be visiting Memorial Stadium, Memorial Stadium to visit the Clemson Tigers Saturday afternoon. Appalachian State and Miami play an ESPNU contest late on Saturday afternoon. How about this one? This would all to be real exciting. NC State travels to sec country they are playing in cowbell country mississippi state welcomes in nc state for games weekend louisville and the eastern kentucky Colonels get together saturday evening georgia state and north carolina play saturday night and the jacksonville state gamecocks are going to be mike Norbell's opponent at doke campbell stadium late on saturday afternoon slash evening and that's a look at acc news we'll wrap up this first hour Of our Wednesday Y'all Show, Melissa Rhodes has a Southern accent on Southern culture, coming up next.
5: Southern Accent Here's an accent on the South from y'all.com. I'm Melissa Rhodes. Southerners are gathering this time of year for the two-century tradition of sacred harp singing or shape note singing. It is performed a cappella and originated in New England before heading south before the Civil War. In recent years, the singing style has become an event at gatherings across the region. Sacred Harp's tradition of the singing master is still carried on today, and singing masters from traditional Sacred Harp regions often travel outside the South to teach. In recent years, a summer camp, Camp Fasola, has been established in Huntsville, Alabama, at which newcomers can learn to sing Sacred Harp. Here's a sample of one of the recent summer gatherings in the Mid-South. Sisters, and us, sacred Harp Singing, an angelic sound. Southern History Fun and More at y'all.com. com.
0: right, I like that. Don't you like that Sacred Harp sound? It is rather angelic. Melissa, thank you for offering that to us. And that'll wrap up the first hour of our conversation about Dixie. Hour two, we've got some business news to pass along. Thomas Fanning is the CEO of the Southern Company out of Atlanta, and he's going to be talking about cybersecurity and a whole lot more. Plus, we'll take a look at the hot selling books as part of our Southern Book Report. That's all coming up in number two hour of the show that's number one in your heart. It is The Y'all Show. Broadcasting on incredibly awesome radio stations across the Southland. Also available in podcast form on great podcast apps like Spotify, Stitcher, the Apple Podcast app, the iHeart app, and the TuneIn Radio app. We are y'all, and we're the show that is all about talking with a Southern accent. And one of the reasons we say that is we also accentuate the South each and every time. We get together. We've got more headlines from across the South as we start out the second hour of our show, plus sports news coming up in just a few more news from the sports world. I'm going to tell you about how a manager in Major League Baseball has had to undergo surgery. That doesn't happen too much. All that's coming up here in our second hour. Later in the hour, we're going to have a little Southern business news. Thomas Fanning is the CEO of the Southern Company out of Atlanta, Georgia. That's the company that controls businesses like Georgia Power, Alabama Power, Mississippi Power. I bet you they got some other ones maybe in your own neighborhood. And Thomas Fanning was recently interviewed by an organization called the Cypher Brief talking about cybersecurity. And we know how vulnerable... Companies can be, even big companies like the Southern Company, and he talks about the cybersecurity threat and what the Southern Company is doing about it. That's part of our Southern Business Report coming up a little bit later this hour. I'll also let you know more about his company, the Southern Company, including some numbers, including some values for that great company, and we'll also let you know a little bit more about Mr. Fanning, his background background. You know, where he's from, his people, all that kind of fun stuff. That's coming up later. Also, before the hour is in the books, we're going to have the Southern Book Report. And we'll tell you who are the top-selling authors right now, according to the New York Times bestsellers list. All coming up, hour two of this, The Y'all Show. Hey, our website is y'all.com. It is the South's official homepage. It's official because we say it is and we already have put our claim, you know, we can go put a flag on the moon and claim it as our own. Well, here on this show and this website, we're claiming y'all.com as the South's official homepage. (laughs) Make sure you go check it out. We got good stuff there and more good stuff coming. Hope y'all are doing good on this middle of the week edition. For some of you, it might include here on this wednesday a late evening at your church it's church night for some of you across the southeast i don't know what else is going on i guess it's the calm before the storm here on this wednesday as starting thursday nfl action is underway with the cowboys and the buccaneers so thursdays beyond for about five months here are going to be clobbered up with football professional football on most occasions So enjoy it one last maybe weeknight out before you start having Mac action of that conference with all those uh, meaningless Yankee teams playing, but they love to play on a Wednesday night for whatever crazy reason. So enjoy the fun here. As we are here on this, the eighth day of September, and of course, if you know it's September 8th, we're only a couple of days away. Saturday marks the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attack on this country. And speaking of that attack, President Joe Biden is going to be going to the three sites of which that date will forever be connected to. As on Saturday, the president and his wife, Jill, the first lady, are going to be traveling to New York City, where ground zero is the site of the Twin Towers collapsing. And that's going to be a very hard day for the country to have that 20 years 20 years have gone on and we've been through 20 years we've been through two wars essentially fighting in both iraq and afghanistan iraq part of the reason that war was fought was because of the september 11th attack or the threat that it could happen again or multiple reasons but it all ties in the war on terror And then you've got Afghanistan, which we just literally had troops leave there in the last few weeks, and that war supposedly has come to an end. If you know anything about that part of the world, if you know anything about threats and danger, I think we will likely be back in some way, shape, or form, maybe with drone attacks or something else in that nation in the very near future, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. But again, President Biden on Saturday will be visiting not only New York City, where the September 11th planes took down the Twin Towers there at the World Trade Center, but he also will be going to Shanksville in Pennsylvania. That was the site of that plane that crashed there, brought down there by some brave people who ultimately decided it was better to bring the plane down than to try to have it crash into. I think that was scheduled for the White House back on September 11th of 2001. Either the White House or the U.S. Capitol. I can't remember. I i know there's a movie. I've not seen that movie. But uh, President Biden going to Pennsylvania, and then he'll also visit the Pentagon, where a lot of people got killed there when the plane crashed into the Pentagon on September 11th, 2001. And as we now reach that 20-year anniversary, if you happen to be 30 years old or older, you should have a recollection of that dark day in our nation's history. If you weren't around for December 7th, 1941, this is most likely the most remembered day. Or if you weren't around November 22nd of 1963 for President Kennedy's assassination, this is your biggest day to recall of a tragedy happening to this country. Where were you when the world stopped turning? And that's the song that we'll be playing Friday as part of our Friday free for y'all where we always play a song. And Alan Jackson put that out just a few months after September 11th. I think I'm going to give a bonus play that day of another song that I actually had a hand in creating, a hand in promoting more than creating. And I'll try to remember to play that on our Friday Free For Y'all. A song that got put out on country radio and more. It's the only song I've ever been a part of in an effort like that. And uh, it came out just days after September 11th. So we'll have to give you the inside scoop on that one as well as the Alan Jackson song. So that, again, where were you? Where were you? We'll talk about that more as we go forward in the week ahead of this. Just uh, hard to believe we lost that many people. Hard to believe it's been 20 years, for goodness sakes. Update from Hurricane Ida. On Tuesday, the Louisiana Department of Health adding two more people to their death toll. Now 15 people in the state of Louisiana listed as Deaths attributed to Hurricane Ida passing through the latest deaths, a man who fell from a roof while making repairs, and another man who died of a lack of oxygen during the extended power outage that's been going on in Louisiana. So 15 deaths just in the state of Louisiana and dozens of deaths in the northeast of the country. Right now, Hurricane Larry is churning in the Atlantic it looks like it's just scooted past the island nation of Bermuda, but it's going to be a danger to Atlantic Canada, Nova Scotia, and that area of that nation. Now, the National Weather Service is warning that swells from Larry are going to create dangerous rip currents. Those rip currents started Tuesday and are going to go for a few days, so be extra careful if you're going to the Outer Banks or other locations along the United States' east coast. The storm isn't expected to make landfall in this country, but it will be felt its impact along the eastern coast, the east coast, the Atlantic coast. Outer Banks beaches in North Carolina from Pea Island down to Cape Lookout are going to have a high rip current risk, that means powerful and numerous rip currents are expected and everyone should stay out of the water. They're going in and just saying it, stay out of the water. Because this is a powerful hurricane out there in the Atlantic right now. Larry, It just luckily spinning where it's not going to affect the United States and it may not even affect Canada, and that's a good thing. Hopefully it will just die out somewhere in the ocean. Moderate rip currents are expected from duck through nags head And from Shackleford Banks through North Topsail Beach, that means only experienced swimmers who know how to escape a rip current should enter the water. Scary stuff out there, especially North Carolina, Virginia, and more. Be extra careful as rip currents are the big threat this week with Larry passing by out in the Atlantic coast. Sad news from a guy from Oklahoma, Eric Cowie, a zookeeper off the TV show Tiger King has died in New York City at the age of 53. An autopsy was going to determine how the 53-year-old died, but the source who informed people about the death of this Netflix show star, the show again, Tiger King, he was found dead in a Brooklyn apartment. A police source is saying no foul play is suspected and it appears he died from natural causes. Cowie had previously denied speculation he was a meth addict. And he appeared on multiple appearances on this 2020 Netflix series that so many people watched right when the pandemic hit. In fact, I've often said that the pandemic made Tiger King what it is. People started watching this thing and some people got addicted. And I can raise my hand and proudly tell you, I have not seen Tiger King. And you know what? It's not on my schedule to view. But unfortunately, this guy again, who has the connection to Oklahoma, I'm not sure why he was in Brooklyn, but he was, and he died there. And he was from Oklahoma. Of course, on that show, he was there starring alongside Joe Exotic, who was convicted of trying to hire someone to murder an animal rights activist in Florida, and also of 17 wildlife charges. Joe Exotic was sentenced two months ago to 22 years in federal prison. I wasn't aware of that. During the trial, Mr. Cowie, who just passed away, testified that he knew cats were getting shot on the day in 2017 when, according to the federal government, five tigers were killed by Joe Exotic. Hmm. Eric Cowie from Tiger King, a zookeeper, has died at the age of 53 while in Brooklyn. Another animal-related story to tell you about, this guy somehow has escaped going to jail, but a man from Shanghai, China, Zi, purchased hundreds of endangered turtles and tried to have them shipped, sometime using other people, tried to ship them to Hong Kong by mail or airline flights, and an investigation by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services ultimately caught this guy from Shanghai. And a 30 year old California man accused of running a turtle smuggling scheme was now sentenced to probation in a federal court in Oregon. And it might be the same guy, Yoon Zi. Maybe he lived in both Shanghai and in Oregon. But here's the story he was sentenced just last week to five years of federal probation, 500 hours of community service, and a $15,000 fine. And he was getting these turtles, purchasing them. And he was getting them from reptile shops, many of which were in the south. He got 769 turtles from reptile shops from May of 2017 until October of 2018. And he got them from reptile shops in Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, north and south carolina and several other states like california and then after he bought them he tried to transport them overseas these turtles protected by the convention on international trade and endangered species of wild fauna and flora that's an international treaty that protects animal and plant species from exploitation and trade turtle species that he tried to ship and do other things with, included the Florida box turtle, the eastern box turtle, the North American wood turtle, diamondback terrapins, and more. One package, how would you like to be a person working for the uh, feds when this thing got opened up? One package that he tried to ship over to Hong Kong that was intercepted by officials had 10 live turtles wrapped up in socks, Their market value in China estimated at $20,000. According to investigators, this man from China spent more than $150,000 buying turtles in which the market value in China would be more than double. He pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring to smuggle goods from the U.S. already. But turtle thief on probation, avoiding prison time, and I wonder what he's going to have to, if he ever goes back to Shanghai, maybe he's going to get kicked out of the country. This is one person, uh, Mr. Turtle Thief, Mr. Ji, the 30-year-old from China. He just doesn't need to come back to this country. Wouldn't you agree? If you want to have a good time and you're into the 420 crowd, Tybee Island, Georgia might just be the place for you as the city council there in the coastal empire of Georgia has just approved an ordinance that imposes a civil fine of just $150 for possession, an ounce of marijuana, an ounce or less of Mary Jane, will give you a $150 fine, civil fine. Before this, it was a misdemeanor offense. You could get a $1,000 fine and up to a year of jail. Tybee Island now joins at least a dozen, dozen other cities in Georgia that include Atlanta and Savannah, that have also rolled back pot penalties when dealing with minor amounts. So just uh, toke it on up there on Tybee Island. A councilman, Monty Park, said, I can't speak highly enough about reducing penalties for marijuana. One of the key parts about this ordinance is that we are not just reducing the fine, we are reducing it from a misdemeanor to a civil penalty. I think it's a racket. I think it's a way to make this city, the city of Tybee, the town of Tybee Island, get a bunch of money. I'm sure they're going to go out and enforce it. And the state and the feds never even will find out about it. It's going to be a little uh, kitty, perhaps, uh, set up for Tybee Island, Georgia. That's what a lot of towns do, but they don't do it necessarily off a of pot. They do it off of speed traps. Oh, how well I know about a certain town and its speed trap trap and its absolute ridiculous way of operating. I bet you, you know, a few of those types of cities and towns too. come to think of it, you know, the places where you go through, they stop you for going a mile over the speed limit. Then they say, well, you can come back here on a certain day and go to our little court. And if you just pay the $100, the $150 or whatever the amount is, this won't even go on your record. That's wrong. That's just wrong. But that is pretty evidently pretty commonplace in several portions of the South, I must say. I know I'm not too happy about it. Can you tell? (laughs) All right, let me tell you about a billionaire. This is a weird story that I saw earlier the week. A billionaire is trying to create a city called Tolosa a utopian city of the future where you'll have oh it's going to be great you'll have schools and places to work and your local shops will be less than 15 minutes away from your house well Telosa is not up and going yet it's the brainchild of Jet.com founder Mark Lohr who's worked as an executive at Walmart in the old days Oh, Mark Lore, what are you going to do with your money? This is an idea of Mr. Lohr, and he's a billionaire, and he is currently scouting out locations across the country to build his utopian city from the ground up. Could this be you? Could this be your neighborhood? The city, he hopes, would grow substantially subst, subst, I was going to say substantially, but the words on here, sustainably, I guess it's going to require or use a lot of green energy. Telosa would grow over the next 40 years to become 150,000 acres and have 5 million people. That's bigger than than pretty big cities we've got here in in the South, like Nashville and Memphis, bigger than those cities, bigger than... Oh, goodness, I guess Jacksonville, Florida is bigger. it's bigger than that. Uh, Mark Lore. Okay, the city will be centered around a new iteration of capitalism he calls equitism, and that's the idea that the whole society shares in success equally rather than a model in which success for a few fosters a growing equality gap. The name of the city, Telosa, refers to the Greek concept of something fulfilling its highest intended purpose. I don't know what this guy's all about, but he's got some diagrams up. It looks kind of freaky. And he's using China as an example of how, if you know anything about China today, they have had cities spring up out of nowhere in the last 20, 30 years. And they have millions of residents in these cities in China. And they have these gigantic skyscrapers. And probably just 25 years ago, there wasn't anything there but maybe a field. So the idea is not completely crazy. But doing that here in this country, now that's, that's a whole other animal. Okay, Lore's team is out scouting a location for Tolosa as we speak. And they've got a couple of western states like Nevada, Utah, Idaho, Arizona listed. But he's also looking at a location in Texas and possibly somewhere in the Appalachian region. Well, that could be a bunch of southern states there. Could even go on up into the northeast. But that is his goal. I would think if you're going to move away from where you are now to move to a place like the future city of Tolosa, it probably needs to be in a pretty cool location. I can't imagine this thing being in the desert. I still don't understand how people made phoenix arizona in that area or las vegas what those cities are how could a huge city be essentially founded in the middle of dirt in places where there's not a lot of water maybe he needs to put this thing in california and have californians move away from los angeles where and go to somewhere where there's water maybe he needs to do it in another country <laughs> come to think of it oh man what a uh what a what a weird story here to pass along to you on this wednesday y'all show and and maybe Telosa's is going to become reality before we know it here and we'll report on it 50 years from now right here and we may end up moving our y'all show and y'all.com worldwide headquarters to Tolosa, where will they be speaking with a southern accent in this futuristic city stay tuned we'll tell you we've got more of the show about the south coming up also we got more fun stuff as we go forward in today's y'all show before we get out of here i'm gonna go ahead and just give you a couple of really cool stories coming forward that we'll tell you in the final hour one involves a 75 year old man who's mostly blind hitting his first hole in one on the golf course at hilton head island isn't that a great feel-good story You know that is a good story but it might be aced to use a hole-in-one terminology it might be a little bit more aced by the Memphis Tigers the Memphis Tigers football team played a game this past Saturday night at Memphis's Liberty Bowl they played the Nichols State Colonels a team from Hurricane Ida devastated Thibodeau, Louisiana and the Memphis Tigers won that game. But what an unbelievable story coming from after the game. And it comes to us courtesy of Memphis's head football coach, Ryan Silverfield, and what Memphis has done to help out their fellow college here in the southeast. We'll be sharing that information in our third hour of today's Y'all Show. When we come back, though, we're going to switch over here on the Y'all Show and tell you a little bit of sports news going on across the Southeast. And also before the hour's up, you'll be hearing from the CEO of the Southern Company, Tam Thomas Fanning, talking about cybersecurity. That, as the Y'all Show Wednesday edition, continues.
6: Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's babbe lcom com. Babbel.com babble.com.
0: We got a email inbox here that we constantly are checking if you want to pass us a note we would love to read it and perhaps read it on the air with your blessing that email inbox that we have here at the y'all show talk with the southern accent is mail m-a-i-l mail at y'all.com love to hear from you here continuing on with the fun here in the second hour a look at some sports news across the country and across the south land And how about this story coming out of the Cleveland Indians? Terry Francona is going to have to go have surgery. Surgery on his toe. It's his left big toe. And he had surgery Tuesday, actually, at the Cleveland Clinic. The 62-year-old stepped down for the season back on July 29th and had hip replacement surgery a few days later. He's been doing rehab work at Progressive Field and watched a few games There with members of the front office. Francona had surgery for a staph infection in his toe in February and wore a walking boot while managing this season. The rehab for the surgery Tuesday is expected to take 8 to 10 weeks now. Francona is in his ninth season with the Cleveland Indians Future Guardians and has had a winning record each year. So this guy... Again, taking this franchise to the World Series in 2016 and absolutely should have won it against that team from the north side. That's how I feel about it. And he's five wins from tying Lou Boudreaux, a Hall of Famer, for the most wins in Cleveland Indians history. Bench coach DeMarlo Hell is the interim manager. Cleveland right now is 68-67. and 67. That's good enough for second place in the AL Central. That's a division that looks like is going to go to a, a guy that's a lot older than Terry Francona. Francona at 62, he's getting outcoached and outplayed here in the AL Central by the Chicago White Sox. How about a guy from Florida, Tony La Russa, and the job that the Southsiders have done this year should coast to a playoff berth with their should-get-a- al central title when it's all said and done probably in just a couple of days what's on the major league baseball diamonds here on this eighth day of september couple of early games the astros have the mariners in minute maid park for a businessman special 210 eastern 110 space city time jose your on the mound for the strohs the giants and rockies have their businessman special from coors field And that takes place at 310 Eastern, 210 today. Diamondbacks and Rangers getting together at Chase Field for a rather early game out in Phoenix. Then in the mid-to-late afternoon games, the Indians, without Francona coaching them, Indians and the Twinkies get together at Progressive Field on this Wednesday. The Tigers and Pirates have an interleague battle going on at PNC Park. The New York Mets and the Miami Marlins getting together and that taking place in Miami here on this Wednesday evening. The Orioles and the Kansas City Royals have a battle at Oriole Park at Camden Yards this evening. The Jays and the New York Yankees battle at Yankee Stadium. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Red Sox, they have a battle at Fenway Park in Boston. The Nats and the Braves, they're together at Truist Park this evening. Reds and Cubs at Wrigley. Phillies and Brewers, they play at American Family Field in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Dodgers and Cardinals. Cardinals going with Adam Wainwright in this ESPN Plus matchup from St. Louis's Bush Stadium. Angels and Padres, you Darvish on the mound for the men in Brown. That one at Petco Park. And then that last game is the great LaRusa coached Chicago White Sox, Dallas Coach on the mound. Keuchel. Is it Keuchel? It might be. Dallas Keuchel on the mound for the Sox against Frankie Montas and the Oakland Athletics. This game taking place at the Coliseum out in California. That's a 9.40 Eastern, 8.40 Central time start. Some Major League Baseball news. To the college game, the polls came out, and we can tell you that the top five are the same in each of the AP Top 25 and coaches' polls. It's number one, Alabama, number two, Georgia, number three, Ohio State, Oklahoma checks in at four, and the Aggies of Texas A&M. Among the teams making the biggest changes in this week's poll, Texas moves up six spots in the AP poll, Iowa moves up, so does Penn State, Penn State with a big road win at Wisconsin over the weekend, and Wisconsin is sitting, well actually, Penn State moves up to number 11. Iowa is at number 10 after Iowa creamed Indiana this past weekend. As far as our Southern schools, Texas with a nice win over Louisiana Lafayette on the 40 acres. Texas is at 15. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers moved up. They're number 17 in the latest poll. The Chanticleers with a victory over the Citadel Bulldogs from Charleston, South Carolina on that opening Thursday night. Also, big-time moves for the Virginia Tech Hokies and Mississippi Land Sharks. Va Tech is 19 in the poll after they got a big win against UNC on that Friday night of Labor Day weekend. Mississippi on Labor Day night embarrassed the Louisville Cardinals at the Chick-fil-A kickoff in Atlanta. And the Miami Hurricanes dropped eight spots after they were humiliated by the Alabama Crimson Tide in Atlanta. The Canes checking in at number 22. North Carolina drops down 14 spots to number 24 and making an appearance in the poll at number 25. The Auburn Tigers and Coach Brian Harson, they're in there as they are off, up and going at Jordan-Hare, and they've got Alabama State coming in for a matchup here. I think it's the first time the Hornets and the War Eagle Plainsmen will have gotten together on the gridiron historic day there as far as i know the y'all show will take a break when we come back we're going to talk a little business the head of the southern company is thomas fanning and he was talking about cybersecurity. we're going to hear that next asthma
1: symptoms can attack anywhere like on a city street <laughs>
2: I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy
3: Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
7: Home from Candleton Been two weeks gone And he thought he'd stop at Webb's And have him a drink Before he went on to her Andy Wolo said hello He said hi What's the wind? Whoa, said sit down I got some bad news That's gonna hurt He said I'm your best friend And you know that's right But your young bride Ain't home tonight Since you've been gone, she's been seeing that amos boy Seth. Now he got mad and he saw red, and he said, boy, don't you lose your head, cause to tell you the truth, I've been with her myself. That's the night that the lights went out in Georgia, that's the night
0: that they hung continuing on with y'all talk with an accent on all things southern reba with a little night the lights went out of course right now we think about all of our people across louisiana who are suffering big their lights are out because of hurricane ida no telling when we sure hope soon all of the pelican state and even portions of mississippi hit hard by ida in the last few days with the lights going out on our mind here on this part of the Y'all Show. We turn our attention to some Southern business developments and more. And I caught up with an interview that was recently done on social media. And I thought this would be a perfect time to welcome in a clip courtesy of the Cypher Brief. As the Cypher Brief recently put on a cybersecurity summit, and they had a great guest. And Southern Company CEO, Thomas Fanning. Now, Southern Company is the gigantic conglomerate based out of Atlanta, Georgia, that trades on the New York Stock Exchange. And, of course, it's in the energy and telecom business. Southern Company has a presence in Alabama, Georgia, Illinois, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Virginia. And just in the last few years, looking at one year alone... Their revenue in 2018, $23.5 billion. That is their revenue. Their assets, over $116 billion. The subsidiaries of Southern Company include Alabama Power, Georgia Power, Mississippi Power, Southern Nuclear, Southern Telecom, They are a big, big presence. They are 126 on the Fortune 500 listing of America's largest corporations. Based out of Atlanta, Georgia, is the Southern Company. Thomas Fanning is the CEO of Southern Company. He is a graduate of Georgia Tech, a native of New Jersey, but ended up coming to Georgia as fast as he could. In his case, he got there when he was in elementary school (laughs) and went to Tech. Got his degree there. Also received a master's degree from the Georgia Institute of Technology. Went on to work at the Southern Company and more. In 2013, Thomas Fanning was ranked number four by power engineering among the industry's 25 most influential people over the past 25 years. He's received various awards. Member of the Business Roundtable. And I think he's also a member of Augusta National Golf Club. I think that usually comes with the position there as being the head of Southern Company. But don't hold that to me. I can't prove that for sure. But I think he is. He ought to be. He certainly ought to be there. The Southern Company with its nine million gas and electric utility customers in nine states, Thomas Fanning. And Thomas Fanning was part of this discussion put on by this site and this company called the Cypher Brief. They had a cybersecurity summit. So it's bad enough we've got hurricanes like Ida passing through. But we also have hacks, hacking into our computer systems around the entire world. And with that in mind, that's why Thomas Fanning was asked to be part of this summit on cybersecurity. And let's go in and hear a portion of his discussion with this site, the Cypher Brief, talking about specifically cybersecurity and the electric grid.
8: Look, I think there's plenty of uh, momentum behind the idea that the private sector has to lean into this. You know, when the first Solarium Commission was formed, uh, it was President Eisenhower in the 50s basically reimagining national defense in a post-World War II environment and on the east was the Soviet Union, on the west was effectively NATO, and the imagination of the conflict was a tank battle on the plains of Poland. We know that today the battle is not on the plains of Poland. It is on our telecommunication networks, our electricity grids, and our financial systems. There are no oceans that separate us from the conflict. And so, Now that we see that, you know, solar winds is just kind of a great backdrop, but we also know that solar winds is a terrible misnomer because we know there was a lot of precursors to solar winds and a lot of, whether it's exfiltration or I like to say, you know, metastasized efforts. It has moved into a whole different range in the private sector. It is very clear that our national defense is driven now by what's occurring in domestic operations in the private sector. And so this idea of somehow the federal government is gonna do for us is is just uh, just doesn't apply anymore. 87% of the critical infrastructure is owned by the private sector. So what we have to do is understand how first, we can illuminate the battlefield, that we can understand what's happening here. And when I first took over, I've kind of helped lead the electricity sector now for seven years. Very early on, it became very clear to me that we didn't live in a silo, that there was so much interdependency in the economy between, say, electricity and finance and telecom and all the other sectors. We really did need to join arms. We created something called a tri-sector group, which was finance, telecom, electricity. And we did, the first thing was to create a, a joint evaluation of the threat matrix. What threats are out there? How likely are they? And what is the magnitude of damage should they get in? And so we develop a sense of priority on how to allocate scarce resources, including CEO and board attention. And, and, and we've taken it from there. Look, I think I think the private sector is in. In terms of tactically, how did we shop ideas of the Cyberspace Solarium Commission with members of the private sector? It really kind of two big things. One is we already leveraged ideas like this tri-sector group. We brought in representatives from time to time as guests into the uh, Solarium Commission meetings. And then secondly, from time to time, I would interface with, say, the Business Roundtable or the U.S. Chamber or folks like that.
0: And that, the CEO of the Southern Company, Thomas Fanning, and that was a very intense, maybe a little bit over most of our head, discussion there with a cybersecurity summit that was put on by the Cypher Brief. You can go online and find that thing in its entirety. But that, the CEO of Southern Company, Mr. Fanning, talking about his gigantic Southern Company, one of the biggest companies in the south and how they're gearing up to fight off the as he said the enemy of today it's not going to be a tank battle in poland it's going to be some hacker somewhere trying to cause havoc it might be a hacker working on behalf of a country like china or north korea or heck maybe even hmm, jamaica (laughs) hope not Y'all talk with a Southern accent. We're going to wrap up this second hour of our show right after the break. A quick look at the best-selling books, according to the New York Times. That's ahead on Talk with an Accent on all things Southern. Hey, why don't we keep the lights on here for a little while? Is that okay with you, Mr. Fanny?
1: Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street.
8: Where well, there ain't no loving. Baby no getting along. sir. Where ain't no loving.
0: Gonna wrap up this second hour with a quick look at the New York Times bestsellers list, the combined print and ebook fiction category. Checking in at number five this week is Lightning Strike. That's brand new from author William Kent krueger Laura Daves, The Last Thing He Told Me. It's still hanging on in the top five. It's number four this week. Colleen Hoover's book, It Ends With Us, is at number three. This one's been out about a month. Billy Summers from author Stephen King and brand new this week from Louise Penny in the ebook fiction category. The number one book in the land is The Madness of Crowds. In the print and ebook nonfiction category, brand new book this week out from Anna Limke Dapamnine Nation. That's number five. Number four, brand new this week from Mike Duncan, Hero of Two Worlds. That's about Marquis de Lafayette, or some of us in the South say Lafayette. That seems like a good read right there on that eighteenth century figure. Number three this week, this book's been out three weeks, The Long Slide from Tucker Carlson. Also in the top five at number two, Bessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score, and still hanging on in the number one spot is Mark R. Levin, The Almost Great One, and American Marxism. He's number one on the combined print and ebook nonfiction list from the New York Times. That wraps up hour two. Stay tuned when hour three returns after the quick break. A look at some sports action going on across the Southeast. Plus, in hour number three, Realtor.com has the hottest zip codes in the country. Is your residence in one of those zip codes? If so, you might want to look at selling pretty soon. All that, plus more news and more fun on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, hour number three, and it's coming up next.
8: It may not be here.. Baby, it may be my baby.
3: If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with garlic healthy blood pressure formula.
2: Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure.
6: Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath.
3: Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural references only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. 038161170.
0: 038161170. That is the way you can get in touch with y'all. This is the show that's all about the South. This is the Y'all show. And we're powered by Y'all.com. Four little characters on your keyboard. Y-A-L-L.com. Just plug that in, hit return, and boom, you're on the home page of the South. And when you go to that homepage of the South, you're going to see a tab there that says y'all show. And if you click on that, you're going to be able to listen to this show and you're going to be listen able to listen to past editions of this show. And you're going to give the option to share the show. And that's where I get down on a knee and ask you to please consider. I'm not getting on two knees, just one knee. Please consider sharing this thing and, and talking about it. If you like what you're hearing, We need all the listeners and all of the interactions that we can possibly get. So please go and bookmark y'all.com, go to Facebook, and on that great little social media fun, you can find y'all.com on Facebook. And if you go there, please follow our page And you'll get all the updates there and more. We're trying to grow this thing in a big way. And we need y'all's help. Help me out now. Help out a good Southerner, if you don't mind. At least I think I'm a good Southerner. My name is John Rawl. I am the general of all things Southern. And here to all of my fellow Southern generals, thank you for tuning in. We're going to have a good time in this final hour. This is the Wednesday Y'all Show. we got some sports stuff to kind of recap in just a sec we've got here in this final hour a look at some business items courtesy of the realtor market it ain't realtor oh i'm sorry it ain't realtor i got told a long time ago it's two syllables realtor and realtor.com has put out the hottest zip codes in the country list and i got it right here can you hear that big old print out here and I'm going to walk through some of the hottest zip codes in the South, according to Realtor.com. So check that out. That's coming up in the next segment. Before the hour is up, I'll look at some more headlines. Tragedy in terms of COVID. The numbers are just out of control. I'll walk through some of those numbers across the southern states in a second. But also, in our headlines, we've got some stuff that'll make you feel good, including a an ACE a hole in one and it's a 75 year old's first hole in one and it happened on hilton head island and you know what that's not the reason we're talking about the story the person that that hit this hole in one the person that i'm mad because i've never hit a hole in one is i think legally blind and he hit a hole in one what a accomplishment that plus A feel-good story from the Memphis Tigers of the American Athletic Conference. I want to share what Go Tigers Go, what they've done to help out a fellow college in the southeast. It's a heartwarming gesture coming from Highland. And the Highland 100 comes through for Nichols. I'll let you know about that as we have our headlines before we get out of here. All of that right here on you all Our number, 803-816-1170. That's how you can get in touch with us on your own schedule. We do have people here 24-7 ready to take your calls. And if we miss you, we'll take your call, and you can put the recording on for us. But you can text that number. It's 803-816-1170. You can text that. Again, on your own schedule, and we'll get it, and we'll read it. And if you want us to talk about it, great. If you don't specifically say not talk about it, we'll probably talk about it anyway. Good, bad, we'll take whatever here at y'all, the show about the South. Here as we have reached the midway point, man, it feels like we're only two days into this week. Well, we kind of (laughs) are, because we were off the air Monday, with that being labor day i bet you chances are you probably were not working too hard on monday but how about the people that did work i I went into a restaurant did some work of my own inside that fast food restaurant monday and i had a great experience lots of sweet tea at said fast food restaurant great food did a lot of work and i noticed right around four o'clock that afternoon there wasn't anybody coming in the restaurant And I noticed when I went to the powder room, the people had put a sign up on the door that said something to the effect, due to the employee shortage, our lobby is now closed. And they put that up there after I'd already come in and done some work and already had eaten a couple of fast food items. So they didn't kick me out, and that's why I'm calling them out here today. Thank you for not kicking me out because I'm sure they may have had some people come up that wanted to come dine inside and saw this bozo that would be me sitting in there drinking my tea and working on my laptop and they probably said hey how did that guy get in there well that's because i'd probably already been in there two hours and they did not send me out and on a holiday i don't know about where you're listening and where you're located but on labor day due to employee shortages and so many businesses due to COVID-19 causing a lot of businesses to either be shut down entirely or go on a partial work staff, which means they oftentimes don't have their lobbies open, my options for getting out of the house and going to a place outside of work to do a little laptop work were few and far between. And then you mix in the fact that it's a national holiday. So I'm lucky and thankful to have had a chance to go sit there and, and do some good work. And i, I got a lot of accomplishment. I'm, I'm over here patting myself on the back for that. So, yes, if you were a worker this week and you aren't on a four-day work week, you're working a five-day work week or maybe even a six- or seven-day work day, day work week, thank you for what you're doing. And maybe here come Friday you might get a nice little envelope that's got a big old wad of cash for your efforts. And that would be well worth it, I'm sure. Unless you're like me and you're way, way, way behind on bill paying. And your money, your hard-earned money, is going to go instantly to some kind of bill collector. Eh, And it kind of always seems to work that way, doesn't it? Let's dive into the sports happenings here as we start out this final hour of the Y'all Show for this Wednesday edition. And to the NFL we go And a reminder that it is week one of the NFL. The Cowboys and the Buccaneers kicking off from Raymond James Stadium on NBC. And that's going to be Thursday, 8.20 Eastern, 7.20 Central. The Buccaneers favored in this one. Buccaneers not only, in my opinion, should win. They should win easily. Buccaneers, in many people's camp, considered to be the best team in the NFL. How can they not be? They're the defending, national, uh, national, defending Super Bowl champions and national champions probably too in some people's eyes. And they really haven't lost anything. They have almost everybody back from that 2020 team. So look for Tom Brady and Gronk and more to just beat up on the Cowboys, who I don't think the Cowboys are very good at all. We saw in 2020 how miserable the NFC East was. It was a absolute embarrassment for professional sports, that division, back in 2020. The ultimate winner, the Washington Redskins-turned-football team, barely got in. They essentially, I won't say cheated, but they might as well have cheated to get in because it took a philadelphia eagle meltdown that looked like it was intentional to ultimately give the redskins turned football team a win on sunday night football a win that kept the new york giants from ultimately capturing the nfc east so the reds the redskins turned football team that's their new name in my opinion got in as the nfc east Uh, survivalist more, more like that than a winner and the Cowboys were nowhere to be seen the Cowboys have been a dumpster fire and you can go off Jerry Jones and sign Dak Prescott to the highest paid contract in the NFL and I'm sitting here talking smack here before the season starts before game one's played but what I know of watching NFL and this is my opinion We're allowed opinions here on the Y'all Show. I think the Cowboys are going to have another bad year. I think Jerry Jones made a big mistake in signing Prescott to this big contract. The best year Prescott's had in Dallas was the year that he had Ezekiel Elliott tearing it up in the backfield. Now, he's got a a good arm, but they need a running game, a proven running game to get the heat off of Prescott – and I just don't think this guy is worthy of being the highest paid NFL player. I don't even know if he's worthy of being a starting quarterback. That's a pretty bold statement. But look at the results. Look at what Dallas has done in the last couple of years. I know he was a hero the year that they ultimately actually won a playoff game for the first time in a couple of centuries. But that's in the past. That's long in the past. And this guy. This team, and it could be the owner, just seems to step on itself, and that's probably going to be on display in just a couple of hours when Dallas opens up on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ought to be fun. Glad to see the return of NFL football. Glad to see college football doing well, and One thing that I'm not too excited while I'm bashing the Cowboys, I might as well go off a little bit on the NFL. Why did the NFL – and I'm throwing out opinions, so I hate to bring this subject up. It's one of the things I'm scared to tune in and see Thursday, and that is what is the NFL going to do to be woke? Now, they're certainly far less guilty of being woke compared to other pro leagues like the NBA – and certainly soccer, and certainly WNBA. But they've already come out and said that they will allow certain messages to go on the backs of helmets. I think that's a mistake. I think they're supposed to have some kind of message about social justice in the end zone. Look, Black Lives Matter, you won the war. You got Donald Trump out of office. Black Lives Matter should not have any, and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here, they said themselves after the election, look, we won. Where's our credit? And uh, why are we continuing to bring this up? And to college credit, over the weekend, I hardly saw any kind of social justice messages coming from most, most of the games that I was able to tune in. That's in the past. That is in the past. Again, because hey, BLM won Donald Trump Zero. That's what happened in 2020, and that's when everybody went nuts with their social justice stuff about George Floyd that had nothing to do with Donald Trump. As soon as the election's over with, boom, like it never happened, and most of us saw that one coming. All right, enough of the political social justice talk. Back to sports, but that's what some of us, like myself, are going to be not necessarily tuning in just to see that, but we're going to be turned off when we do see it. There's no place for that. I don't think there was a place for it in 2020 either. Oh, and other surprises they might be throwing your way with the start of college football. Let me tell you about a move the New Orleans Saints have made. As the Saints announced on Tuesday, they parted ways with one of their key ground game guys. As the Saints deciding to release a player that has been a big part of their backfield. And I thought this was a pretty bold move as Sean Payton says, see you later, Latavius Murray. As Murray, who was supposed to make $3.15 million in salary and bonuses this forthcoming season, the 31-year-old released because he was not willing to take a pay cut. He did not want a reduction in pay, and refused the offer to keep playing for a little bit less money. And therefore, the New Orleans Saints deciding to roll with undrafted second-year running back Tony Jones Jr. as their, not necessarily the, but one of their show ponies, one of their key guys there in the backfield Tony Jones Jr. now going to be a featured back for the Saints now in the past Murray had been a great co-running back if you will alongside Alvin Kamara and Alvin Kamara was there with him Murray at one time had signed a four year 14.4 million dollar contract he did that two years ago And he's performed. He's got over 1,200 yards. He's got 11 touchdowns in the last two seasons. Kamara ended up having to miss games with injuries, and Murray was very key in coming in off the bench, gaining at least 150 yards from scrimmage with two touchdowns in each game as an every down back for New Orleans. He started his career with the Raiders and Vikings. Y'all might remember that. Even went to the the Pro Bowl in 2015. I think that was – was that the year the Vikings had Bridgewater and things were so good for them? He's had a rather good career. I'm surprised the Saints had the gumption to even go ask him to take a pay cut compared to what some of these other folks are making these days in the NFL – The Saints announced after this happened with Murray that they have signed cornerback Desmond Trufant to their roster off of, I guess he was with another team. And they also, by letting Murray off the roster now, Sean Payton and company have a couple of other options. As Latavius Murray gone, Dwayne Washington – a guy that plays special teams a lot for New Orleans, he and Ty Montgomery, who guy who plays receiver could be additions in the backfield for the black and gold of New Orleans. But the news again coming out of the Big Easy Tuesday that running back Latavius Murray no longer with the NFL franchise in the Crescent City as he's been released and The role of running back primarily, at least the position that Murray would have been in, the reps now going to Tony Jones Jr. as there will be a kind of a backup role for New Orleans now going into the new season. New Orleans, by the way, begins their season. They play Sunday, late afternoon game, and they'll be at Tia Bankfield in Jacksonville. That's going to be their so-called home venue since it was announced last week the Saints would not be playing their home opener at Caesars Superdome in New Orleans due to the power outages and more caused by Hurricane Ida in Louisiana. So their game got moved to the neutral site of Jacksonville. It's the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints in week one. I wonder how much support the Saints are going to have in Jacksonville. I would think they would have a, a fair amount I don't know why this game had to be played there. I thought a, a likely great option for this game would have been the brand-new stadium, Hancock-Whitney Field, and that's on the campus of the University of South Alabama, only, what, two hours from New Orleans? And it's two hours out of the way of where Ida went recently, and it's the same field where you had the Pro Bowl. So this field and this facility – used to having professional football around it, or at least a pro football setting when the, is it the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, which was at Lad People Stadium. Now they moved it to USA, the Jaguars Stadium there. And that would have been a lot, I think, more fitting to see the Saints play there. But I guess they wanted to go the easy route and have them go on into a stadium that was already ready to go for an NFL team. I just hope that uh, the area fans in Duval take off their teal and black and put on a little black and gold in support of the New Orleans Saints. As they just, if you're in Jacksonville, if you're along that Atlantic coast of Florida, you know all too well yourselves how hurricanes are likely to come in and affect your life. And so here in this case, Jacksonville ends up helping out a fellow southern city that has been struck by a natural disaster, and we hope for the best for all involved this forthcoming weekend there. One last thing, Jackie Sherl, he's going to serve as an honorary captain when the Pitt Panthers and the Tennessee Vols get together in the Johnny Majors Classic. That's the game going on Saturday inside Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee Of course, Johnny Majors, who once coached at Pitt, led them to the 1976 National Championship. Johnny Majors, who ended up going back to Tennessee, his alma mater, and served as a head football coach for several decades. He will be honored this weekend at this Johnny Majors Classic. Johnny Majors died June 2020 at the age of 85. And another coach, a guy who ended up succeeding John Majors at Pitt in the late 1970s. Jackie Sherrill, former A&M, former Mississippi State University coach, former Alabama Crimson Tide player, Jackie Sherrill is going to be the honorary captain for the Pitt Panthers during this game in Knoxville on Saturday. As Sherrill, Jackie Sherrill said Coach Majors means a lot to both schools, and he means a lot to me. He's the one who started me in coaching, and we remained very tight all the way up to his passing. Before the game, Jackie Sherrill is going to speak to the Pitt Panther team prior to the game. He and Johnny Majors coached together for five years, starting at Iowa State, 1968-72, to and then they were together at Pitt, 73-75, to And that's that time period where Johnny Majors guided Pitt to unbeaten seasons and a national championship before he ultimately left to go to Tennessee, his alma mater. Hmm. And during that time, Tony Dorsett, coached by both Majors and Cheryl, won the Heisman Trophy winner during that national won that Heisman Trophy during that national championship season. And then Jackie Sherrill, coached Pitt for a few years before going on to Texas A&M. He only went to Texas A&M because they paid him, I think, a million dollars to go there. And, and, you know, he chased the money. Good for him. 77-year-old Jackie Sherrill said that he had a chance to talk with Johnny Majors by phone the day before Coach Majors died. He said that he called me and we talked for an hour and a half he was in great spirits and said he felt good and kept saying, I want to come see you. But unfortunately, didn't make it. If Jackie Sherrill is coaching Pitt as an honorary captain, I'm sure Tennessee also is going to have a honorary captain on their sidelines for this first Johnny Majors Classic. But I don't have that information in front of me at least, so... Oh, I doubt you'll see Jackie Sherrill decked out in big orange for this game. Probably going to have that throwback looking Pitt color on, and, and he should. Pitt was good to him. Pitt was good to Johnny Majors. Pitt even brought Johnny Majors back to be a head coach after he got fired from Tennessee in 1992. Who can tell me the last game John Majors coached for the Tennessee Vols? I know. I saw it on TV. It was a Rather embarrassing loss for Tennessee, so much so that it just took a couple hours for them to say, "It's time for you to ride off." We're going to pick your offensive coach here. I guess he was his line coach, maybe. Phil Philip Fulmer to take over, and to UT's credit, Mister Fulmer did guide them to the nineteen ninety eight Natty, a win over Florida State out in phoenix or tempe or wherever the heck that championship was there in arizona but that's the story coming from college sports here and a big game saturday between tennessee and the Pitt panthers this is the show all about the south we're going to take a break when we come back realtor.com has put up an article about the hottest zip codes as your residence in one of these hot zip codes oh it's going to get hot 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 when the y'all show comes back As we scan the South, it's going to be fun. 803-816-1170 if you want to get involved with y'all. We'll be right back.
2: My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So, I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula.
3: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
7: Oh, they say you can't go home again I just had to come back one last time Ma'am, I know you don't know me from Adam But these handprints on the front steps are mine Up those stairs in that little back bedroom where I did my homework And I learned to play guitar Now I bet you didn't know Under that live oak My favorite dog is buried in the yard I thought if I could touch this place i feel it This brokenness inside me Might start hating
0: The House That built, built Me, one of the great songs the from Miranda Lambert. And Miranda, me. if your house that you built, or the one that built you, is in one of America's All hottest zip codes, man, your bottom line is going to even be bigger than we thought. Realtor.com here on the Y'all Show, we go to that website, They have their brand new release of 2021's hottest zip codes. And I'm going to walk through where these hottest zip codes are. And a lot of them just might be in your own neighborhood. And that neighborhood would be the entire South, by the way. As Realtors got their list of the 10 hottest zip codes in all of America, and this shows that home buyers are eager to escape busy urban centers for more affordable, less dense suburbs. The Realtor.com's hottest zip code rankings take into account two aspects of the housing market. Number one, market demand, as measured by unique viewers per property on Realtor.com. And it also, number two, factors in. The pace of the market is measured by the number of days a listing remains active on Realtor.com. The hottest areas are those that have high demand from buyers, and that means lots of unique viewers per each property, and they also have fast-selling homes, an indicator of limited supply. And if you've followed real, real estate and the Realtor world at all since the pandemic, has hit us here in the last year and a half. It's been unbelievable. I I don't know if you're a realtor, if you're happy about what's happened, if you're if you're thinking about getting out of the business and starting some kind of radio show or talk show, don't do that. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. I can tell you that from experience. But I I haven't had a chance to talk to enough realtors to get their real gauge. So I have this list from realtor Dot com of the hottest zip codes in America. And I'm going to tell you some crazy, crazy news about this thing. It's a surprising list. It's a surprising list because there's only one city, one zip code in the entire South that shows up on this thing. That's good news. Or maybe it's not. It means maybe some of you out there who thought you might be able to have a hot zip code could sell and get the heck out of there and go to a more rural place perhaps and sit back and listen to the crickets chirp the one there's one southern town on realtor.com's hottest zip codes list and it actually comes in in the top 10 at number 10 okay i'm sorry whoa 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 there's two i missed it there are two southern cities One checks in at number five. One checks in at number ten. The rest primarily are all in the northeast. So let me start at the number one spot since I've already given you the heads up that it's not going to be a southern city. Right now, the hottest zip code according to Realtor.com, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Zip code 80916. The houses in the zip code stay on the market the median four days. The median listing price in Colorado Springs, $318,000. I could see living in I, I was there a couple of years ago. It's a great place. It's the town that I went and saw a hockey game for the first time in over 20 years. I saw... Air Force, which is located right there in Colorado Springs. I went to the Air Force Academy, and they played a team from Minnesota that I still have to think about who it was. But they played, and they won that match, if that's what it's called in hockey. The number two city on the list is West Iron de in New York, zip code 14617. Maybe this is where Bill and Hillary Bill and Hillary Clinton moved to. West Iron Decoit has a median listing price of one one hundred and seventy five thousand. Now, nah, this is not where the Clintons moved. They they've got a lot more fancy house. The median days on market in this New York zip code, six days. Number three peabody, that's in Massachusetts. Zip code O one nine six oh and its median listing price, ooh, good bit of money, $625,000. That's what will cost you there to get a double wide in Peabody, Massachusetts. Manchester in New Hampshire, 03103 is that zip code. Median listing price, $315,000, five days on the market per, on average there. Number five is a southern town. I'm going to skip over that one to keep y'all glued. I'll come back to that one. Number six, it's an Ohio town, Lincoln Village. Average price, $235,000. Milford, in Massachusetts. Zip code 01757. $455,000 is the median sales price of a house there. And it is on the market about six days. Concord, Concord in New Hampshire, Concord is 03301, the zip code there, and it has a $343,000 median sales price. And Farmington, Michigan, 48336, 244,000 median sales price, and it's on the market for only about eight days there in that city in the state of michigan so position number five and position number 10 i have not told you about on the listing of hottest zip codes in all of america coming in at number 10 franklin tennessee zip code 37067 franklin tennessee in that zip code the median sales price and i think this is the highest one in the top 10 Median sales price in Franklin in Williamson County in this specific zip code $847,000. A house stays on the market in 37067 for just five days. That's the median days on market. Unbelievable. Now, yours truly, once, when I was a young fella, when I was just a little whippersnapper, I once owned a house in franklin but it wasn't that zip code so that's why let's see i i'm looking this up on the map where is zip code 37067 i was zip code 37064 that's the primary zip code in the actual town the the village if you will of franklin tennessee this zip code 37067 if you look at that on the map it's to the east of downtown Franklin. It would be around Interstate 65, and it goes way to the east of I-65, and it heads over toward the Rutherford County line. And it includes, or the if you know anything about Franklin, this would include the hospital area. And I think it also, this zip code is the Cool Springs area. Is, is this area right on, yeah, all of cool, most of all of Cool Springs is this zip code. Centennial High School is located in this east of downtown Franklin zip code, and that explains why it checks in. And I'm sorry I didn't have a 37067 zip code and still don't have it. That's what's really painful. <laughs> but that zip code in Franklin, Tennessee, $847,000 for the median listing price of a house. And then the highest southern town and its hottest zip code is the following zip code. And I'm going to have to pull this one up because I'm not seven sure so sure where this is in the Raleigh area. But coming in at number five on this entire list of the hottest zip codes in the country, Brentwood but not the one in Tennessee, Brentwood, North Carolina, 27616. Median sales price of $319,000 and it stays on the market for just 5 days. Brentwood is northeast of Raleigh. It is essentially on the 540 loop northeast down the Northern Wake Expressway. It's the northeast Raleigh area. And I'm trying to see if there's any other landmarks in case y'all have been in that area. Mm. Ah, it's just it must be a real nice area. Sorry. But they're in Wake County for sure, northeast of downtown Raleigh. And again, Brentwood, North Carolina on this list. Brentwood and Franklin, Tennessee. There's a Brentwood in The same county that Franklin's in, in case you didn't understand what I was saying there a second ago. And it's a very affluent area of Williamson County and a very affluent area as it's right on the Davidson County line where Nashville is. But Brentwood and the one in Tennessee, sorry, you didn't come in on this list. It's Brentwood, North Carolina. And that, again, according to Realtor.com the hottest zip codes in the country right now we're going to start wrapping this y'all show up stay tuned after the break a couple of feel-good stories coming in from dixie that plus more on y'all talk with a southern accent
7: With a little love and some tenderness We'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist With a little peace and some harmony We'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand
0: Wrapping things up here on y'all. Mr. Hootie there, one heck of a South Carolina low country golfer. And in the South Carolina low country is where this golfing story comes from. How about 75-year-old Ralph Dupps? He hit his first hole in one. And that's pretty amazing for a 75-year-old golfer. But what's also amazing is that Mr. Dupps is mostly blind, and he's hit a hole-in-one. This man who is a retiree from the volunteer state of Tennessee, he's lived at Sea Pines on Hilton Head Island for 31 years, and he hit his first hole-in-one. His sight is declining, but for whatever reason, this nearly blind golfer, this blind Duffer, was playing at bear creek golf club on hilton head plantation they went to the 14th hole and the magic followed got his hole in one and now he's been officially registered in the registry of people with hole in ones the odds are 17 million to one of two players in the same force of making aces so did his fellow player also hit a hole in one? Evidently so, but it doesn't matter. This guy hit a hole in one. 75-year-old Tennessee native, Dupper Ralph Dups. Congratulations there at Hilton Head with your first hole in one ever and the fact that you are mostly blind. That's pretty amazing stuff. What's also amazing is the kind act that the Memphis Tigers did after they played Nickel State on Saturday night in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. So the Colonels came up from Thibodeau, Louisiana. That's right in the heart of Cajun country. That is right where Hurricane Ida had just gone through a few days before this Saturday night football game, and it left not only Thibodeau, but the parishes around that city in Louisiana left them without power and damage and more. So they played the game. To their credit, they showed up. They took their beating from the FBS's Memphis Tigers. And after the game, the coach of the Colonels, Tim Rebo, got called over to talk to the Memphis Tigers head football coach, Ryan Silverfield. And Rebo has relayed that Coach Satterfield – at the end of the game, handed an envelope over and said that the players, the Memphis football players, collected money out of their own pockets to give to the Nichols-Colonels players while they were there. They collected several thousand dollars during the process, according to the deputy athletics director at the U of M. Nichols has over a 100 football players. They arrived in Memphis several days before the game because they needed a place to practice for their game against Memphis. And Memphis opened up its facilities to the Nickel State Colonels. And then Memphis businesses and organizations opened their own doors and wallets and gave them free lunches and helped them out. FedEx stepped up, gave them a lot of help. What an unbelievable story of kindness. Kindness of sportsmanship coming from Memphis in support of this little tiny school, Nichols State, when you compare it to the University of Memphis. What a fantastic job. And Nichols has had to stay in Memphis for several extra days. In fact, the team will be at the Life Church's location on Austin P. Highway, helping to fill care package care packages that are going to be sent back down to Thibodeau. The coach says they're expecting to be back on their campus in Thibodeau later this month. So how about Nichols State, the Colonels, in Memphis, Tennessee right now? And how about the kind gesture of Memphis coming out and helping out their fellow college football team, a team that's been, frankly, sucker-punched as many teams and many people throughout the state of Louisiana have in in recent days. So what a great, great story coming from the FCS ranks with Nichols and the FBS ranks with the Memphis Tigers. By the way, the Nichols-Colonels football team, after they did end up suffering a pretty bad defeat, 42-17 to the Memphis Tigers, they are going to be in action. This week they'll be back in Louisiana. They've got a game against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in Lafayette. This weekend, they're scheduled to be back home in Louisiana to take on the UNA Lions on September 25th. More of the Y'all Show comes up after this.
6: Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or German to land a new job, in just 15 minutes a day, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday, practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's b-a-b-b-e-l.com. com. Babbel.com.
2: My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula.
3: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
0: that will wrap up this Wednesday edition of the y'all show. Thank you so much for being along for the ride. Y'all.com is our website. Why don't you say we just get back here together on Thursday for three more hours of Southern fun. We'll be taking a look at some of the great festivals going on across the Southeast this weekend. And also a look at S E C sports news, all that ahead. Have a great rest of your day. I'm John Rawl. And this has been the y'all show.
1: Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.